excitement going on, a lot of um, distraction, excitement, you know, so many things is happening. One of the, so this, which brings me into the world that we're looking at this morning. And the title of the message is called Resisting the Current. Resisting the Current. I will explain what the current is. So as we talk along, we're going to understand what the current is. But I have a few questions. Like, what do we do when we first wake up? I want honest reason. It's a research of sorts. So when you wake up, what is the first thing you do? What do we do when we wake up? And I, I'm, not, I'm not even, I'm guilty also. Like, we all, you know... Another question is, do we have quite a moment throughout the day? Or are we just boom, 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 busy, 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 moving, 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 you know, achieving, achieving, accomplishing, accomplishing, doing, doing, doing. Do we have quiet moments throughout the day where we just chill? Or in the world of the Bible, it's still. Do we? You do? Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. You have forced to, which is good. Whether you're forced or you're intentional, it's good. As long as yeah. Nana, do we? Yeah, um, I try to. I try to Yeah, yeah, which is good because these are things that we need. Yeah, do we find ourselves doing more than two things at once? Oh yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my god, they're on the same click. Yeah. So I understand that because normally they'll say, "Do you find yourself doing more than one thing?" But I realize we've moved past that. Now we do two things and more. You know, someone is talking to you on your phone, you're probably, you're on your phone doing something and you're doing other things. And if you have family or children or anyone, you're doing a chore with them, you're on the phone again, you're probably even answering on that chat. Like, our life is constantly busy and it's intensely busy. And I think in a way, we're comfortable with it. We become comfortable with it, if I may say. Do we find ourselves, are we, do we find that we are present but not present? Do we get that? You're present, but you're not present. You know, and as I was wondering, the reason why I'm asking this question, because I was curious as to, is it just me? Or are there people like me out there? Because I, I know that, obviously, we are, we are humans, so we tend to have similar, similar behavior patterns. You know, we live in an immensely busy life, and often this affects, you know, our life are affected by the things around us. As I earlier mentioned, our families, our work, our children, to-do list, news feed, social media feed. Now, it's even changed, you know. It's coming to us, and we have busy access to it. And in a way, these are type of currents. And if you know what, who knows what current is? Like, if you're in a water stream, current is what pulls you toward a certain direction. It has a direction that it's going to. And often, they'll tell you when you're in the current, don't recess. Don't start fluttering around trying to get yourself out, because the danger is that you eventually drown or something, you know, you're in more danger of drowning. They'll tell you, be calm. And either swim in parallel towards it, depending on how good a swimmer you are, or swim against it. But you cannot be fluttering. So if I look at our life, to me, it's a reflection of a type of current. Because all these things are pulling all of us towards this direction. Do, do, achieve, achieve, accomplish, accomplish, do. And in our mind, it's we accomplishing things. You know, um, a Bible passage that comes to me, the Bible says that, um, Oh, gosh, I've lost the Bible passage now. But it talks about how we are, yeah, we are the branches. Actually, we've mentioned it today in church. He is a vine and we are the branches. And without him, we can do nothing. You know? And, a way, and I look at it like ours, we are programmed to accomplish things. 
The Bible says in the very beginning that he commanded after God has created all things, it says that we should do what? Become fruitful. Go out and multiply and be. So ingrained within us is a desire to be fruitful. But the danger is that sometimes the fruitfulness that we are accomplishing is contrary to God's will. It's more fruitfulness for our flesh. You know, and as we come towards the end of the year, I guess, you know, usually towards the end of the year has something to do. It causes us to internalize and rearrange and, you know, um, shift our focus or, you know, make plans as to, okay, where do I want this part of my life to go towards? And as I came towards the end of the year, I was not taking stock and I noticed that I've been allowing myself to flow through the current. You know, I've not even tried to pull out. In the current one, you're in the current, they'll tell you, you know, if you find like a branch, hold on to it. And that could be a saving grace. And I was just thinking about this, the current, the current, and how, you know, the world is just flowing with this current. And it's a danger. Because at the end of that, the, as, um, as we allow ourselves to flow that, through that current, the danger is that we become frustrated. Because it is not what we are. Have you found yourself doing things but not being satisfied with things that you're doing? You're doing things, so you're not, you're not lazy, you're not sitting there idle, but you're not feeling accomplished. You're doing things, but you're like thinking, this is not what I want to do. Or it's not satisfactory. Because God has created each and every single one of us to do the things that matters. Without him, we can do nothing. Which means that we, can, we may do something, but in the concept of God or in the, in the perception of God, it is nothing. And that is what current does. It pulls us into doing nothing. And I really want to encourage us because it's been helping me, you know, after realizing that, oh gosh, I've flowed far away from where I'm supposed to be. I had to pull myself. I said, God, I really need help. So I had to pull out and hold on to that branch, you know, which is our vine. And, and I just wanted to share, like, as we come towards the end of the year, even as we go into a new year, let's be aware of the direction we're going through. What is inspiring us? What is leading us? What is influencing us? What is guiding us? What is, what is pulling your attention? We have to be guarded. We have to make a commitment to say, I'm not going to flow with the current. I'm not going to let that thing. And it's sometimes the current seems so excited. Go on social media. You're finding how, like, you know, the most recent thing, the issue in Nigeria and how, um, you know, the, 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 the way um, one of the presidential candidates was treated was appalling. Then you find something else that's pulling your attention. Then you find something else. There's so many things. And in going and in delving into everyone, every one of them, you are feeling, okay, I'm doing something. I'm doing, like, you know, you're, I'm receiving knowledge. I'm, I'm, I'm receiving information. I know what's happening in the world. But how relevant is it to where we are going? Is it relevant? Are all those things that we are bringing into us, are they relevant? Or are they distracting us from God's purpose? Because each and every single one of us are created to walk apart. My part, your part is totally different. In as much as my husband and I are close, our part is separate. Twins, identical twins have different parts. So how much more to every single one of us? So one of the things that we're gonna look at is how to resist that current. The Bible is filled with a lot of people that resisted the, current, resisted the current. David being one of them. Where everybody were running away from Goliath, David was running towards Goliath. That is a form and shadow of resisting the current. But he was able to resist the current because he was, able to, he was staying in the presence of God. So resisting the current is not by strength. Because I tell you, if you do it by strength, you will get drowned in it. You know, we can, we can, you know how they tell you if you're addicted to something or a mental mind over matters, but you find that over, over a period of time, some people again will fall back. And the, um, John, if I, if I might, a member of the church, is not yet today. He told me he was addicted, you know the story of John, he was an addicted alcoholic. 
But he said, I think he tried A and A several times from what he shared with us. But it took Jesus to do a severe break from alcohol. And he proudly declared it because he tried in his own effort. It, it gone through and the world gave us resources to use and sometimes those pull us in that direction. But he said Jesus was the severe, was the line that demarcated his old life from his new life. You know, David was an example of the person that resisted the current. Joseph resisted the current. You know, I thought that I felt like Joseph at that moment could have succumbed to, you know, all that he was going through and just play along and say, you know what? Since they've caught, like you Johnson, Joseph could have chosen a different path. He could have resisted, he could have gone with the, um, the wife of Potiphar, but he resisted that current. You know, so many people in the Bible, Moses resisted the current. When everybody were going out and doing, you know, um, going out and just doing what they want to do, he chose to stay in the presence of God on the mountain. He chose to walk in the path, even when God called him. He could have said, like, he tried, he said, God, I'm not qualified enough, I can't talk well. But, you know, he was trying to resist the current, but at one point, he just walked away. He, he walked away from, but at, at one point, he was trying to walk away or walk into the current. But he had to realize, he realized that this is the life. I'm called for something greater. And we are all called for great things. Once we realize that I'm called for much more than I am, you understand that you have to walk away from the current. You have to resist the current. And God will help us. And how do we resist this current? One thing I realized in me realizing that I'd gone far away from everything that was putting me, bringing me peace was knowing that I started looking at other things, promises that God had made, and I stopped looking at God. Because if I'm being honest, um, even though I started a job that I've, I've not worked for 10 years, so you will say beggar has no choice. But see, I'm, I'm stronghold in that God had given me revelation of where, what he was going to do through me. So when that job came, and anyone that knows me knows I don't like schools. To work in schools is an option, a desire, an interest. I sincerely do not like working in schools because I feel like I've raised children enough, my siblings, my children, so I didn't want to be in schools. I don't like driving far. And so when I was looking for a job, I gave God specific instruction. I said, God, I don't want to work in a school. That is the one and foremost things. My husband has been trying to get me into school. Like, oh, it would be good for the children. You know, when they go on a break, you go on a break. I'm like, you can do that yourself. I know myself. I don't want to walk in school. I don't want to drive far because I hate driving. And when I got this job, it was everything I didn't want. So it was really, it felt like a thorn in my flesh. It really broke me. You know, even though on one side, I'm supposed to be grateful. On the other side, it wasn't what God was calling me to do, to what he had promised me. School, not only a school, like several schools I have to be going into all of them. Then my journey to work is usually an hour and hour and a half. I'm like, God, you despise me that much. What is it I'm doing? You know, I, I all I was saying was, this is not what you told me. So in me, so frustrated, I allowed myself to just be distracted. I stopped focusing on God because all I was saying that, but this is not what you said. But this is not what you said. So every morning I'm like, but this is not what you said. So in that way, I was just shifting my eyes away from him and I was shifting on what he said. God, this is what you said. And this is not where I am. God, this is what you said. And this is not where I am. You know, just banging it every single day. Get into the car, play the... Um, Play my Bible, the Bible I used to usually listen to Bible. For that one and a half hours, I'm crying, I'm shouting, I'm upset. By the time I get to work, I'm exhausted. Then the journey starts again. Because I was so not happy, but I wasn't seeing God's plan. 
I was seeing just what his promises were. And sometimes in looking at his promises, it distracts us. It distracts us. We're supposed to look at God and not his promises alone. God in God is his promises. You know, so for me, that was my journey throughout this day. So at some point, I realized, God, I was depressed, if I'm being honest. I was so depressed, I just didn't have the desire to do anything. And I had to come in and put a smile on. I had to come in and do everything. I was required to be a mom or what. I just, this year was just not it for me. I, I decided, like, God, this is too heavy for me. I don't want to be in this mind zone anymore. How do I shift from where I am to where you want me to be? I think that was my turning point when I decided to realize that I'd shifted my eyes away from God and allowed the current of despair to pull me so far, far away from him that I needed to shift it back to him. And there's, it's never too late. It's never too late. It took me 11, well, the 12 months, right? 12 months to realize that I just need to go back to the Father. You know, and we all go through that journey of life, we are being honest, with everybody. If anyone says, I'm fine, you're lying. If you've not, you're not there yet or you've not experienced you, it's in front waiting for you. And it's not a cost. It grows. The Bible says, count it all joy when you go through different various trials. Trials strengthen us. It builds us. It empowers us. It, it equips us. You know, so, family, God is not yet done with us. Pull yourself out of that current. Tell yourself, this is how far I'm going, and no longer am I going. I'm going to a better place. But it starts with being in his presence. So I had to not start shifting my focus away from all his promises to him. You know, I will wake up around 4 a.m. And the journey will be like, God, this is not what you said, and this is not what you said, and this is not what you said. By 6.37, I'm exhausted. So the children are coming to receive a cranky mom, because normally I wake up very early so I can have time for myself, so I can be better for the family. Or by 4 a.m. to like when they wake up 6.37, they wake up and I'm cranky because I'm still in that zone of frustration. You know, so I realized, okay, I had to shift my focus. And one of the things I started doing was just abiding in the presence. The Bible says in his presence, there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. And I kept telling God, God, that is what I want. But because I was saying that is what I want, but I was doing contrary. Because I wanted God to change that situation before I experience his fullness of joy. But God is saying that rest in me and I'll move you from that current of despair. Rest in me and I'll move you from that current of discouragement. So I started going back, even though I would say that from the, I would hear the Bible, but I was looking for the Bible to justify my situation. So I started listening to the Bible differently. I said, okay, God, let your word just flow through me because right now I think I'm just messing everything around me up. And you know, the way we can come into or pull out from that current and pull into, into the journey that God wants us is to be in his presence. I cannot emphasize his presence. We are created for his presence. We are not created to do this life alone. You are created first and foremost to have an intimate knowledge of God. God hasn't created you for religion. He's not, in, he's not interested in what you have to do. He's interested in your heart. He's interested in you breaking down and laying it as it is. God is interested in you telling him what it is. I'm not pretending that there's nothing. The Bible says that by right no. Oh Jesus, where's my husband? It said by by work shall no man prevail. We cannot prevail through what you cannot accomplish his peace through what we, you will do. The Bible says not by might, not by power, but by his 
spirit. So we have to, in that presence is where his spirit lies. You know, there's no way you're going to come into the presence of God. And this Bible says, they already say that there's no way you'll be in the presence of God and remain the same. But you have to realize that you have to be committed to his presence. And not in the way you expect it to be. It has to be in the way that he has created it to be. So I had to tell him that, okay, I'll come at that 4.35, 4.30, 4 a.m. time and just focus on him. I won't take my phone, which is the first thing I would take. Shift. In taking my phone, it got so bad, like, I was looking at the Bible, then I would get distracted by the news and da-da-da, before you know it, 4 a.m. And I'm, in all of this, I'm still like, God, this is not where I want it to be, you know. So I would wake up and just zone, like nothing. And it was difficult because I created a pattern of taking my Bible, saying I read a word, and get distracted. So I had to now wake up and just focus on Jesus. And just focus, nothing going through my mind. So we need those quiet moments. We have created, we're spiritual being. Do you understand that? We are spirit, even though we're physical, someone punches right now, you will feel the pain. So we are physical. But if your soul gets punched, you will feel it much more in the spirit and in the flesh. Because God has created us to connect with him in the spiritual. And what does that mean? It means different. For me, it starts with the word. You know, how do you know God if you've never spent time in his word? If you've never spent time with me, you can't know me. God is his word. You can't know Jesus and talk about Jesus and talk about spending time in Jesus if you haven't spent time in his word. The Bible says that the, the word is spirit and it is life. And as you spend time in the word, the spirit in the word begins to flow into us. And that is where it connects us with the word of God. It connects us to the life of Christ. The Bible says that, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. How can you have the mind of Christ if you've never spent time in the word? And the Bible says that it is through the Holy Spirit that we're able to have the mind of Christ. The spirit of the living God abides in you. But if you don't take time to spend time knowing him, and how do you, it's simple. Like, okay, I was fretting about this word because even though I'd written it out, it felt so disconnected to me. I was like, oh God, I've not preached in a long time. I don't like sharing. And at several times he's called me and said, be like, you're sharing. I'm like, nope. And he'd be like, be like, you're sharing. I'm like, no. So this might feel like, okay, I have to. But I couldn't not do it. Don't just kept saying, I couldn't, I, I went downstairs into the lounge, I was there, I was fretting, I was like, oh God, Lord, I don't understand, I don't want you to be, you know, I'm like, I'm, I was just fretting. And I just, those people were just like, you're, you're good, you'll be good, you're fine. And I'd be like, stop, stop, I, I, I told myself, stop psyching me up, you're like, I need, but I, at that moment, I need to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there within us to encourage us, to inspire us, but we have to be committed to know him. We have to be committed to spend time in his presence. We have to be committed to spend time listening to him. Oh my God, I think my mouth is filled up with things. We have to be committed to, um, to not just pretending to want a relationship, which is religion, but to actually seeking a relationship. And it's different for every one of us. You know, one of the things I put there, coming to his presence and reading the word, it requires to be praying. Now, what is prayer? Prayer is just not just you going, blah, 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 which I was doing for, for the old part of this year. Talk, 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 talk. It's also about God talking back to you. Because the Bible says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak, to, he will speak peace to his children. Which means when we pray, God will speak. He might not speak that immediately, but throughout that day, if you've spoken to him, he will speak to you. So we'll have to be intentional about listening out to him. You know, because sometimes we'll just go, pour out, boom, God, this is what I want, I want, I need, I need, do, do, want, want, and we just come out and go. 
So the reason why as we have quiet moments, in the quietness of our moments throughout the day, it drops things into us. In the disconnection from distraction, it drops things into us. Into, in the just not being on the phone, because now the phone is a, our greatest distraction. I, 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 um, I hold up to that. It drops things into us. One of the in the past, one of the way he would speak to me is in the bathroom. Because in the bathroom is when no children are coming to disturb me. But now they, they just they don't even care anymore. Everybody just flow in there. So I'm like, you know what? This morning I was about to have my bath. They were like, I need to give you a hug. I'm like, oh goodness, boy, I'm about to have a bath. We can do this after. But you know, now I realize every moment is an opportunity for God to speak to. You know. So, and we can't force it. If, it's, if you spend time in his presence and you've not received, doesn't mean that he's not going to speak. So we should be patient to receive from him. He has to speak. You can't be the only party in prayer. God has to speak to us. And in worship, that is one of the other ways that we seek, that we come into his presence. Bible says, enter into his gate with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. What does worship do? Because Bible says, we are created to worship him. You know, there's something about worship. It breaks self away and it causes us to shift to Jesus you know and I can just imagine that at that very moment when you're worshiping all of the heaviness and the burden of what you're going through is shifted and you're just loving God you're just shifting your emotion on God how would God come into that very moment you know do we get that Worship opens the door for us to experience God. So those are the ways, well, those are the couple of ways that we can enter into his presence. We can resist the current. And it's a continual thing. Pray every day. And don't let prayer be just morning action. As you go through your work, program yourself to be praying. I do this thing very much where I didn't realize it. Well, when I was at home for a very long time, I'm doing my chores, like I'm cleaning up the house and I'm like just talking to God. And I realized that was the very moment when you'll be pouring things, you know, those revelations about all the amazing things I have for it, for me in the future. It will, I'll come out like, oh, babe, I was cleaning up the house. I was washing the bathroom. I just this one was sharing this with me. Or there'll be time when both of us will be having the same revelation. Those used to spook me out. Like, I'll wake up, have a dream. You will have a dream at the same, the same time also. The same dream. So God is constantly feeding into our spirit. We just have to be ready to receive. But one of the things that can prevent is presence. We know what we said. Business. But another thing, the Bible says that no flesh shall glory in my presence. You cannot be in his presence and be in the flesh. And what does that mean? We have to shift away from sin. Our world now is entertaining every form of sin. And that way is nulling us, is dulling us to sin. Do we get that? We're in a world where everyone is saying it's okay to be who you are. I mean, if we start on that journey, let's just be true. If it's okay for a man to be a woman, a woman to be a man, then it's okay for them. Actually, read, reading recently, a woman got married to a tree. Because for her, that is our truth. Another one also is intimate with an animal because that is their truth. Now, another situation is happening where they are telling research is showing that this is how it's tied with Omega Social. Very soon, there will be a justified reason for pedophiles to have situation, that situation with children. Then are we going to be accepting it because the world has defined what their truth is? Or are we going to go back to the truth of God? So flesh cannot glory in God and his presence will remain. What is the truth you've received in you? You know, if you are strong-willed, I, I was reading one of the highlights, but I would say that, uh, that um, my, my husband put in his own, uh, in his U version, it says that, I'm just going to try and pull it out. I think something about how 
the world has changed. Did you, you highlighted something? I, I, I was saying it this morning. Oh, basically, the world has changed their truth and accepted things as they are. You know, and, and that's just distorting. God is not going to be mocked. You can lie to yourself. We can lie to ourselves. But God will not be like, we will not experience his presence when we have allowed the presence of the world to fill us in. So the Bible says that no flesh shall glory in my presence. No flesh, no part of you that is flesh. That means when we come into his presence, we must be yielded to him. We must come in for like in repentance of sin. We must remember to lay it down at me and embrace his truth. Not the truth of the world. You know, because that is something that is becoming rampant. You know, no, there is no, everybody has their truth. You know, you might be convicted, convicted about something, like this is my strong belief, but doesn't necessarily mean it's a truth. The Bible is the foundation of our truth. Because if, if a pedophile says that, you know what, but I am created to desire children, and that is their truth, who are we to, define, to redefine it? Because that is how it started. So we have to be mindful and guarded what we allow to flow through us, what we are, what current we allow to move to us. That is why it's so important we have to shift back away from that. On, um, so this is like, that's what the very prof profound thing that God laid into me that the way we can lose his presence, which and we have to be mindful not to lose his presence because the way that we can prevent his presence is when we allow flesh to abide. So check ourselves. What are the things that we've allowed to be received within us? The Bible is our foundation. We are different beings. We are a new generation, a royal priesthood. We are not like anybody. We do not go by the standard of anyone else. We go by the standard of heaven. It might not be the most popular opinion, but that's the only opinion that matters. Because in it is light. The Bible says, why is the gate and, uh, that leads to hell? And his and hand is dead. But narrow, which means the narrow gate of heaven is not for a lot of people. A lot of people would not want to hear what we are saying. The Bible says that Jesus Christ had at one point 90 to 99 disciples. But because they didn't want to hear his truth, they left him. So we have to be mindful, you know. And what are the benefits of his presence? I mean, what would we say is the benefit? I'll make it interactive in the, at this point. What would you be? What would you think the, would be the benefit of God's peace in your life? Imagine that you're just living in in that atmosphere of joy, where there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. How do you think that? What What do you think that will be a reflection in your life? What fruit will that bear in your life? Just think about it. Would that be a life that you would want? In that Bible passage, I don't know. It was just so strong on me. It just kept coming over and over in His presence. There's fullness of joy and its right hand are pleasures forevermore. But the preceding verse says, you will show me the path of life. Before we can enjoy his presence, we have to allow him to show us. We don't know the path of life. We might know it here, but we need the spirit to lead us there. You will show me the path of life because in your presence, there's fullness of joy. Joy. Everybody wants joy. First and foremost, I don't know, they always say that even the rich will tell you, oh, after all the money, it's not enough. Or the people that have got children will tell you, thank you so much, Alex. That even after all the, um, after they've received the thing that they've always seeked from God, it wasn't enough if they didn't have his presence. So God's presence is so vital. Because in his, in, in his presence is knowing his will. How many of us want to know God's will? Hmm? 
for our life, not for the next person, <laughs> not for you to say, you know what, thou says, but for our life, I, I want to. So I stop bumping head all around the places, you know, I, I want to know what God wants for my life. Then in his, not only do we have peace knowing his will, but we are filled with God. I love the Bible passage and that has been my, that's what I've been feasting on. It says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6 to 20, it says, that he will grant you and me according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with my true East spirit in the, in, this, in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts. So first of all, God has grant us according to the riches of his glory and strengthen us, our inner man, through his spirit, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that I and you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and what is the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Every time I read that, it, my mind just like, oh, how can I be filled with the fullness of God? That doesn't make sense, but it's exciting because I want to experience that. But if the Bible says that I can be filled with the fullness of God, then I definitely want to be, I want to be there. That now to, in says that, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works with us. So all these things precede, exceed, experience exceedingly abundantly above God has to walk on our inner man. It's our inner man that will resist the current. You know, that's true, that spirit of God dwelling in us will tell our flesh, no, you're not going to touch that phone in the first morning. Focus on Jesus. No, you're not going to eat that extra chocolate bar. You want to be healthy because health also matters. Or no, you're not going to talk on that phone at that moment. Do this thing that, you know, you're supposed to do. The Holy Spirit is guiding us constantly. And we have to have a strong man, you know. And then I think one of the final and the most important part of just being in his presence, well, actually before that final part, is a fruitful and blessed life, which we also understand. But the final one was heaven. You know, recently I've been thinking heaven. Heaven is not necessarily just there, which for me, my husband knows, I literally, my head is in that space, maybe because I don't want to be in this space. But heaven, I'm beginning to realize, is here right now. Heaven can be our presence if we allow his presence to dwell in us. Heaven can be our presence if we allow flesh not to, you know, lead us. Heaven can be our reality if we just listen to him. And I pray that as we come towards the end of the year, going into the new year, that our life will be about resisting that current. We know what that current is, right? Everything that's pulling us away from where we are supposed to. And just abiding in his presence, remaining, that we will guide, that we will make a commitment to say, I'm not going to lose this. Come what may, I'm going to seek his presence. I'm going to hunger, I'm going to spend time in his world so that I may know him, so that when he comes to me, I know him. My Bible says, my sheep hears my voice. I know them and they listen to me. You know, I pray that the God will give us the grace to seek his presence. We will be guided, we will be guided, we will be committed, we will be determined not to let go of his presence as we come towards the end of the year and into the beginning of the new year. And I pray that the Holy Spirit in us will, will come alive, that even more and more, you know, the, I love when it says that Enoch walked with God and there, it was no more. My revelation to that is that, Enoch walked so much. You know the way they said that Jesus, Moses was with God? And the more he was with God, he, became, he began to shine and shine and shine to like people could not see him. I believe Enoch walked with God until flesh, his flesh began to 
take, like it shone so bright that it just dissipated into heaven. Like flesh begin to, what's the word I'm looking for? Disappear, yes. You know, his flesh disappeared to the point that they could not see his physical, um, oh goodness, being like English today. They couldn't see his physical appearance. Do we get that? And we can, you know, we can because we have the Holy Spirit in us. We can walk with God to the point where flesh, those things pulling us back, begin to disappear. And I pray that the God who loves us with an everlasting love will give us that grace in Jesus' name. We're just going to take ourselves in the place of prayers. We're going to ask the Heavenly Father to be more and more in us to the point where we disappear in that our flesh, those things holding us down and resisting us, disappear and He appears in our life. We're going to ask Him that He will increase in our life and we will decrease, O oh Lord. Father, every way the current of life has pulled us, dragged us, thrown us, carried us. Lord, we, right now, this very moment, we resist those current. And we pull on to you, we hold on to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We say no more and we will allow life to distract us. No more will we allow things to pull us away from you. I will guide you. I will guide my presence in you, O Lord. I will seek your presence, O Lord. I will hunger for your presence, O Lord. And by your grace, I will walk with you, O Lord. Father, we just say thank you for helping us in this new journey that we want to embark. Help, thank you, Father, Lord, for helping us to be strengthened, O Lord, even when the distraction comes. Because they will come. But as they come, O Lord, thank you for the grace to overcome them, O Lord. Father, we give you alone all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.